almost 80 years ago, there was a bomber plane for the United States Army Air Corps going out on a search and rescue mission. And because of uh, some mechanical issues, they themselves uh, crashed into the ocean. And only three survived the plane crash. And one of them was uh, a man named Louis Zimperini. And he was trapped in the, uh, the wires of the wreckage and passed out. But he came to suddenly finding himself freed. And he got aboard uh, the emergency life raft with the two other uh, survivors. And for weeks, they floated uh, with no one uh, to be seen and starving, dying of thirst. And on the 27th day, finally a plane appeared and Louis fired some flares to get the plane's attention. Well, it turned out the plane was a Japanese uh, fighter. And so it came out and started shooting at them. So they had to jump out of the raft. But unfortunately, there were sharks in the water. And so they're frantically, you know, fighting off the sharks, and then trying to get back in the raft, and then getting shot at again, jumping back into the sharks, fighting them off. And now their raft is full of holes. So then they have to fill up the air. Uh, you know, they were struggling to survive. And they kept, uh, you know, persevering. One of them, though, did pass away. And so with the two final men, Louis and the other guy, eventually they were found, you know, on the brink of starvation by a Japanese ship. And so then Louis became a, a prisoner of war. And immediately, you know, and after 46 days of surviving in the sea like that, instead of being recovering in the hospital, he gets thrown into uh, a dirty, filthy cell, completely dark, where he couldn't even stand, uh, and is tortured, interrogated. And the only reason he finds out later that he survived is because he was a famous Olympic runner. And he continued to uh, experience many hardships as a prisoner of war for the next two and a half years in Japan. And in that prisoner of war, there was uh, one prison guard, uh, the head there called, nicknamed the bird because of how angry the, the prisoners would get at him. Uh, you know, he was so full of hatred and would torture them uh, that, you know, it, he would bring people to the brink of, uh, you know, collapse. Louis ended up surviving, but he, after the war, came back very broken man, uh, suffering from PTSD, turned to drinking, and he was just filled with hatred, especially for the bird. He even made plans to, you know, go back to Japan and, and you know, strangle this man because all his nightmares was reliving that nightmare in Japan. Every now and then, he would hear something religious on the radio, or his wife uh, would mention something religious, and he'd brush it off. 
He thought God was toying with him. Where was God throughout all that experience? Where is God now in his suffering uh, that he continues to have, even though he is now free? Well, it dawned on him one day, he had a flashback of a time when he was dying of thirst, six days, no water, and he whispered a prayer, God, if you save me, I will seek you and serve you forever. And then soon rain did become, uh, began falling. He was saved. And then all of a sudden, having that flashback, you know, and remembering that prayer he had promised, he remembered he had actually prayed that prayer much throughout his time to get him through. And he began to see his whole ordeal differently, that God was indeed with him. When he was trapped in that wreckage in the plane, he was somehow freed. When the Japanese plane shot the, the raft full of holes, somehow none of the men were hit. And when the bird would beat him until he had no more strength, uh, you know, he would pray that he'd have the strength to just keep on breathing, and he would. Louis realized God was with him, but he had forgotten God, and he had forgotten his promise to God. Today, uh, we celebrate uh, the final O Antiphon, O Come Emmanuel. You know, the first verse of the hymn, O Come Emmanuel, it's the final O Antiphon. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. We are asking God with us to come. That is what we're preparing for for Christmas. God is our creator. He is always with us. But for Christmas, he comes in a very special way, very physical way. He comes to dwell amongst us. And then not just that, he comes to dwell within us. He stays with us physically in the Eucharist. He comes to us physically every Mass and stays with us, reserved in the Blessed Sacrament in the Tabernacle. But he is always with us if we are in the state of grace. Ever since our baptism, God is with us. The presence of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is with us, in us. And this great promise is what we have to look forward to in Christ's second coming as well. You know, what is the point of Christ's first coming? to save us from our sins and restore creation, that we might have life in God, that we might have life with God, because we had turned away from God. We had forgotten Him. And on our first reading, we hear from 
the book of the prophet Malachi. Thus says the Lord God, Lo, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. Lo, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the day of the Lord comes, the great and terrible day, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with doom. Who is this messenger? Who is in the spirit of Elijah coming to prepare the way of the Lord? It is St. John the Baptist, and we hear of his birth in today's gospel. He is born to be the voice of the word of God, the word made flesh. And so how fitting it is when he is born, that voice crying out in the wilderness that his father has his mouth opened, his tongue freed. His father can now speak. And what does he first speak? Blessing God. God is gracious. That is the name John. St. John the Baptist prepared the way for the Lord. He is that messenger for Christ's first coming. If we go back to Malachi, though, lo, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. What about in Christ's second coming? You know, we forget often our promises to God, but God does not forget his promises. And as we profess in the creed, Jesus promises to come again. Who is the messenger then to prepare for his second coming? Well, maybe there's many rich layers to who that messenger would be. But I think one way of looking at it is St. Faustina is the messenger of Christ's second coming. You know, Jesus calls her secretary of my mercy. You know, write, tell souls about this great mercy of mine because the awful day, the day of my justice is near. Speak to the world about my mercy. After it will come the day of justice. You will prepare the world for my final coming, he says to her. And just like John the Baptist pointed out the way and gave a foundation for Christ's first coming. St. Faustina also, she also prepares. And Jesus even gives her uh, little hints of what might come in preparation for that second coming. He says to her, before I come as a just judge, I'm coming first as the king of mercy. Before the day of justice arrives, that will be given to people a sign in the heavens of this sort. All light in the heavens will be extinguished, and there will be great darkness over the whole earth. Then the sign of the cross will be seen in the sky, and from the openings where the hands of feet of the Savior were nailed will come forth great lights, which will light up the earth for a period of time. This will take place shortly before the last day. Lord would give such a sign in order that our hearts may be turned to his mercy because he says 
Before I come as a just judge, I first open wide the door of my mercy. The Lord wants us to take full advantage of our time now to receive forgiveness from God, to enter into his ocean of mercy. You know, we hear in Malachi the day of justice being, uh, you know, a very awful and, uh, you know, full of awe and terrible day. Jesus describes it similarly to St. Faustina. Well, what makes it so, you know, uh, in a sense, fearful or terrifying or something we must hold respect for is because then true justice will come. We want justice to come about. You know, we complain a lot about all the injustices in the world, right? But we also have a part in that injustice. And so, you know, it is indeed a, a fearful thought for us to think of the injustice which will be restored, that injustice committed by us with our sins. But what makes it so awful is those who were fixed in their sins, fixed in that injustice on that day of justice. That is why the Lord wants us to rather be fixed in his mercy, to be fixed in our will, loving the Lord, loving God and our neighbor. And if we want to receive God's forgiveness, then we must also have forgiveness for others. We must be merciful to others. Louis Zamperini, he, you know, before he had received God's forgiveness, he thought, all his problems could be solved if he could just go back and strangle the bird. And actually, he was trying to save up money to go do that after World War II, to go murder him. But after he received God's forgiveness, he received that healing he needed. He no longer had those nightmares. And later on, when he, uh, for the Olympics in Japan, he was the, uh, one of the torch runners, he offered to meet the bird. He wanted to say, I forgive you, but the bird refused. That forgiveness, though, was key part of his healing, key part of receiving God's mercy. And it is especially important for us to consider for those who are fellow Christians, because if God is with us, if he is within all those who are baptized, then what is that awe and respect we must hold for each other who are temples of the Lord, who are temples of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is within all of us who are temples who are baptized and in the state of grace. How then can God expect us to be let off the hook on that day of justice when we haven't asked for forgiveness for all those times 
we've attacked, vandalized, harmed, disrespected those other temples of God. Whenever we've gossiped, when we've lied to, when we've hurt, when we've ignored or neglected all those other temples of God with us. If we want to be with God forever, how can we show disrespect to all those temples of Emmanuel? That is why it is so important that we love our neighbor, because that is how we also show our love for God. And for all those who are non-Christians too, we must also show great love and respect towards, because they are prospective temples of God. They too can be adopted sons and daughters of the Father. They too, we should seek that they become majestic temples of God's presence. And that is why we pray, you know, for the conversion of souls, the conversion of sinners. We don't feed into hatred for them like Louis did for the bird. We pray for them and will the best for them, wish them the best, that they too may experience God's unfathomable mercy, and they too may receive his life, his healing, that flourishment that he promises. God is with us. He has never forgotten us. He will never forget us. If it ever seems that way, it's because we have forgotten him. May we then hold dear in our hearts that first coming of Christ this Christmas to always remember that he truly is with us. He has come to be full shares in our humanity, in our poverty, in our humility, in our weakness, in our sufferings, in all our problems. He shares in all of that, that we might share in his divinity, might participate in divine life. That is the great promise of Christ, the great promise of God, that he is with us and wants us to be with him forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. 
Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.